Idaho Podcast is a production of Impulse Radio. to another episode of the Old School Red Hill Podcast. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you to our sponsors, Gray's Restaurant in Bridgeport, Andrew's Insurance Agency, People State Bank, and of course, Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. And thank you to my co-host tonight, David King, out on assignment, Mr. Chip Jamerson. Good to be back. It's been a while. We haven't record. We did a Jeopardy at the end of October, but it's been a long time since we've done a regular episode. So had to shake the rust off a little bit, and I'll talk yeah. about how we're going to do that here later on. If you introduce everyone else, but good to see you guys. And uh, down at the bottom of my screen, but sitting in beautiful Evansville, Indiana, is old number nine, Gary Emmons. Good evening, fellas. Uh, hope everybody's doing okay. Doing good. Everybody getting ready to. Uh, Go to the Christmas holidays, trying to wrap stuff up and literally wrap stuff up. Yes. I, uh, a lot of basketball. I, I, I called a, uh, Bar Eve girls basketball game tonight. I know chip, you were on the scores table the tonight. clock at the Ridgeview El Paso Gridley game, a HOIC conference battle up here in central Illinois. Awesome. Yeah, we're recording this on, uh, Thursday night, the 8th. I'm try to get this uploaded tomorrow so people can listen to it over the weekend. Uh, big night for me last Friday night. Made my trip back to the old gym. Gosh, it had been forever since I was in there, and that was a lot of fun. Fantastic JV game, and uh, varsity came up short, but, man, it was nice to be back in the gym and, and, uh, and see the sights there. David and I laughed a few times. I mean, standing up on those steps, looking down into that concession stand, I there's not, obviously, but you could just still see that cloud of smoke yeah. rolling through there. Did you get anything from the concession stand or just peek in? Uh, just walked through, actually. Okay, um, so you made the trip through. Okay, yeah. I like that. Yeah, just got to say hello to I was Ed wondering if they had Rolos. I think that's where I was getting yeah, at. Yeah, you know what? I should have checked that out to see. Uh, head coach, football coach Billy Gray, working the concession stand that night, said hello to him. And and new Red Hill teacher, uh, Emma Heath, talked to her. She'll soon be Emma Lytle. Congratulations to Emma and Steele. Got to see, like I think I posted some players that I saw. Billy Six Gun Hughes. Got to, to saw him. D Holloway, Danny Hutchinson. Um, so it was a lot of fun to be back in there. That that gym is still, it's still my favorite, and it, it's, it's just a, it, it's just a just a great gym. And we talked about be nice to do a podcast up there in the corner, but man, there's just. The one Friday, Saturday night that they're home, I think we're going to be out of town. So, I don't know. I'd like still like to get that done. And we might look at the girls' schedule, too. Maybe we could do it during a girls' game. Yep. So, what are we going to do tonight, Mr. Chip Jamison? All right. So, we're back at it. We're going to get a little more consistent with our podcast here. And we're going to do one that, I guess, and this is a good one to shake the rust off, get our podcasting mojo back that's left us the past month and it 
it's one of the favorites from our listeners this week in the daily record. So we just randomly picked the first week in December 1987. And well, the second week, um, first full week, I first guess. Full week. Yeah. First full week officially. Uh, we're going to start on Monday, December 7th, and we're going to take you to f- through Friday, December 11th. It's a, it's a great time to – we got basketball and full, just getting into full swing, wrestling, so we have a lot to report on this week. And we, we may even sprinkle a little sun commercial in because you need something to read on the bookend Sundays. Yeah. So – I think Gary actually read that Sunday, December 6th Sun commercial. I haven't read it yet, but he's got a couple of nuggets to share with us. Yeah, me. I went I went through it. And uh you know, where were where were we? Let's set the stage where we were December of 87. Chip, where were you? Well, I can tell you exactly where I was that weekend in a moment. I'm gonna get to that later. But yeah. overall, I was a freshman in high school at Red Hill High School. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I was I played freshman, I was freshman basketball team, so we were you know, in the heart of the basketball season. So, yeah, I was freshman at Red Hill. And, Brino, where were you? Well, I had just graduated uh, from Red Hill. Grad, of course, I was an 87 grad, and I was taking classes at VU and um, delivering pizzas for the Pizza House at this time. Those were some great times. And we could do a, a short pop. I could do a whole pot. It, we, it probably would last a couple hours. I think we wouldn't have that much to talk <laughs> yeah. about, but the music would fill a lot. Oh, but, man. Uh, yeah, Brino used to um, uh, let us go on the tri- on the uh, deliveries with him, and the golfs were encouraged it. I mean, we would sit there in the, in the dining room between deliveries and drink Pepsi or whatever they sold there. Yeah. And uh, what, um, song, what song do you think of when you think of those delivery trips? One came to my mind immediately. Well, I know there's one you guys always mention, so mm-hmm. it's either – Cherry Bomb or Paper and Fire by John Cougar Mellencamp. Like Brian always mentions one of those. Mine is I Won't Forget You by uh, Poison. That's the one I always think of. But what about you guys? I don't even know if this was out then. I think We're Alone Now by Tiffany came to my mind. Oh, that yeah, that was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, I mean, you were on a lot of deliveries. Any that you think of? I, 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 uh, the, the first one um, that I think of is um, – the way you make me feel by Michael Jackson. Okay, yeah, that one always that comes to mind. Era. Like you said, the the Melon Camp songs, Cherry Bomb. Yeah, that's um, the one I think it was. Yeah, no, it's uh, that was a great time for music, and and I've got the the charts here that we'll sprinkle in um, for this week in 1987. We'll sprinkle that in in the show, and if you hang on after the Let's Go White at the end of the show. There just might be a little surprise for you, for you music fans, if you want to listen to uh, listen to something at the end. But um, why don't we just go ahead and play number ten right now? This is a song again. You know, we, we call them Pizza House songs because that's when it was. But this is a this is a big Pizza House song. I got my mind set on you. I got my mind set on you. I got my mind set on you. Not a ton of lyrics in that song, but a good one. Good, I'll tell you who loved that song. I'll give you a hint. Winningest football coach in Red Hill High School history. Really? <laughs> that He was my history teacher. He loved that song. His son, Scott danced to it and the video was brought to class 
Oh, wow. we even like slowed down the music video to see it. Cause I think maybe there's something in the video, like George Harrison does like a flip out of a chair or something. Okay. And we wanted to slow it down to see if it was a, cause we knew it, George Harrison wasn't doing the flip. So right. yeah. he like slowed it down for us to, so we could like see the stunt man. And yeah, Mr. Like, if you haven't caught on yet, coach Bill Evans loved got my mindset on you nice. at, in, at this time. Well, I think we'll go ahead and get rolling. You know, we when we talk about sports a lot or we post things, we talk about the mainstream sports, the thing, the actual school sports. That's what we focus yeah. on. I think sometimes what we miss out on is the the rec league types of things that some Red Hill players or or graduates or former teachers or whatever are playing in. So I want to I want to report on the Vincent's uh, Parks and Recreation Men's Basketball League. If that's I've okay. already got three names in my mind that you're going to mention. I'm not going to say them, but I'll, I'll hold it. I up got I've, I've got an idea. <laughs> Let me see. I okay. I got three main names here. Well, I want to report the Taco Rail. Oh, they won a game ninety-five to forty-three, and our very own Bobby Mattel scored five points for Taco Rail in that victory. So he's a VU student at this time too. So he's already over there, right there in town. Yeah. So they 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 did win ninety five forty three. I want to pit Tim Leasty scored sixteen points for Taco Rail. T- wow. Tim Leasty, we all I know Tim they're Leasty. winning by fifty. Yeah. So who else big, was on that roster? Figure. Anybody? Any other names? No, no others that like I was Vincent's really guys to. probably. Yeah, yeah, just those two. And I only wrote down the two people that really struck a chord yeah. with me. Of course, I want to also report that another game. Waco Radio scored Whoa. 53 points to beat Doyle's Game Room 53 to 38. Doyle's Game Room. Whoa. Doyle's Game Room. Greg Dykus. Okay. Uh, poured in 16 for the Waco team in, in the victory. That's the only two names that came up with. Uh, the rest of our names that were unfamiliar are Vincent's people for sure. That's funny. Okay. I, I don't associate Greg Dykus with basketball. Kid names- was an athlete. Well, I guess, yeah, thinking we're, we're December of 87, so the number one name I was thinking of, he was still at Red Hill High School. So, yeah, he would – Shane Pimbleton was a huge uh, – his name was always in the box scores over there, along with Brian Smith and along with uh, Berkeley Carey. Those guys – so I think they're like more early 90s is when you, their names start popping up. Speaking of Berkeley, you know, I did I, – I think it was – it was the one I did today yesterday was the – today in old school history, I like doing that and finding some of those little – nuggets to report on but there was a day where berkeley in one of the games scored like 32 on the same day of course a few years later mandy cunningham scored like 43 it was like just a, a, a uh brandon christie had like 39 in one of the games i thought about just doing a whole thing of these big games yeah there's gonna be some more scoring this week too so the early december is when the scores come out yes, yes. so defenses haven't quite adjusted to uh, they're they're still scouting and um so yeah what do we got for Monday? All right, so let's go into the – I'm going to cover the Monday Daily Record. We're going to do it like we've done a lot of these where we're going to cover different days. I've got Monday, and I'll come back with another day later in the week. But I'm going to go right to the sports page, and I'll hit on some minor stories here. Well, a minor to some people, but the sports is, I think, the majority of our fans are sports fans, so we're going to start there. And this I'm is a – this is a this is a big time for Red Hill basketball. This is kind of the year Red Hill has struggled throughout the 80s. I uh, yeah, I mean I can I can say that they've pretty much struggled the past decade. I was there for a decent portion of it. And but this class that's now juniors, the class of 89, 
this was the class. I mean, they start a cup. Lance and Stacy started seeing a little varsity actions freshmen. They were mainstays as sophomores. And this is a class that went to state as eighth graders. So I think, you know, got the franchise Dave Hobbs coming up as a sophomore and freshman Brandon Smith. This is where we're people are thinking we need to start turning the corner. It's Ed Chapel year two. So, um, and we're off to a pretty good start. We, we, we played some big, we had a, we hosted a Turkey tournament that year. I know Effingham high school was there, maybe Paris. There were some bigger schools. And so we're two and three coming into the game and we're playing the Fairfield mules in an NEC battle and a huge win. Talk about points, 90 to 80. The Salukis win that Friday night at Red Hill and the, dynamic duo i mean you you'll see it for the next two years lance smith 27 stacy moore 20 those two guys often both had over 20 points each um of course what people really want to hear are the quotes from coach chapel he said that uh, fairfield is a fine ball club they're a young team and they did have two sophomores that led them in scoring that brian foster had 29 and brian simpson 19 great that great class of 90 they had um this was kind of the emergence of Brandon Smith in this game. We're kind of the, because I remember we, we hosted that Turkey tournament earlier in the year and we had three games that weekend and Brandon dressed for all three games, but we did not play Brandon at all. If memory serves me correctly in that Turkey tournament, you were allowed to play, I think three tournaments by IHSA rules. And we held him out for the freshman tournament, which thank goodness we did. When we get to the 87, 88 school year, we'll get into that freshman tournament a little bit, but I don't know. I'm sure glad they did that. I think it's kind of a, I don't know, looking back on it, is it the best move? I mean, if he's one of your top six or seven players, you'd like to have him in a varsity game, but um, it worked. Everything worked out. So it's almost like uh, the Cubs a few years ago with Chris Bryant, not bringing him up when they could have early in that season. And you want to give some of those upperclassmen the chance and right, you know, and uh, he, they had every opportunity to beat out Brandon for the positions and, that's true. Gave them their chance, saved him a tournament. It. We were playing, you know, larger schools, like I said, Effingham and some bigger schools. And it's really, I mean, as much as the Turkey, it's kind of, it, they're, they're meaningless games. They really don't mean that much in the grand scheme of things. So, but it, it all definitely worked out for the, for everyone there. So uh, coach Chapel says we've brought Brandon along slowly, um, but he came off the bench in the third quarter and he surprised the whole gym. He went for a let. So didn't get into the game till the second half and went and scored double digits in that game, 11 points in the second half and a 10 point victory. So uh, right there's your, your difference in the game. Um, uh, we moved York to point guard. That's Clifford York's move to the point guard. Ambrose has moved to a swing position and we inserted the franchise David Hobbs into the lineup and they're beginning to gel as a team. They're maturing. Uh, they played strong competition so far. They played two quality double A teams. And so Coach Chapel's very as he should be. If you've got this much talent on your team, very excited about what can happen here. And he's uh, starting we, to and this is his second year now. Second year. So he's starting to probably get more comfortable in his position with and with his players. And we'll get to it more in the 87, 88 Brock whenever we do that. That'll be a fun school year to do, but it'll be his last year too. So this is Oh, the last year of Ed Chapel. Oh, he didn't have. I was thinking he had one more. This is it. This is it. Um, he so, only coached two years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Huh. 
I, a Doug Reed, junior Doug Reed, reserve on the varsity team, went for 25 in the wow. JV game. So a big game from Reed. And, of course, Brandon went for 22. You could watch him go for 22 in the JV game. It's like how much longer could I hold him out of the varsity? And it wasn't much longer as we can see. So big win for Red Hill there. Uh, the girls had a week, a Friday night game. They That's traveled rare. to Paris to play. And Mandy Cunningham set a career high that night. At that point, At that 46 point, yeah. was her career high. She would eventually, about a month later, surpass that by about 30. And Mandy but was a junior, right? Sophomore. sophomore. Mandy's a sophomore. Yeah. So, yeah, 70, she got her 73 during her sophomore year also in January, I believe. Um, so, now that there is I'm – a, I'm a big Joe Jones fan, but I got to call him out on this. There is a, a mistake. He said that 46 was the second most ever – next to 48 from her dad. Nope. Um, but Susan Wright did have 52 in 1978 for loyal listeners. You're well aware of that. So I, I think this proves that the Susan Wright era kind of gets lost in the shuffle of what she did. So I was glad we were able to um, bring her, you know, let her yeah. so many people know about her great career that she had. So big weekend for Red Hill Hoops go up to, Edgar County and get a W for the girls. The girls are 4-0, so this is Mandy's sophomore year, Denise's sophomore year, Mary Martha's freshman year. This was before people realized how good we were going to be. I mean, we were okay Mandy's freshman year, so I don't think anybody's expecting us to go in. I think we only lost a couple. T-Town was the only team that beat us the entire year, so I don't think people were going expecting us to be the second-best team in the state that year. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was, no. I was just going to say this, just such a great time at Red Hill. I mean, we, we kind of, we were starting to get much better, if not good at everything. Our, mm-hmm. This was the time. If you listen to the, the cheerleading episode, we're, we're, we're rolling in it. We've got good wrestling team. Like we're yeah. really getting the- going. And don't forget this was still in the days of a super conference. Oh Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I know I'm biased, but I really feel like I was there at the best time. Yeah. Um, of, I mean, cause I, I can't, as I said, as a freshman there, so I came in this year that we started turning the corner and then got to experience. We made state in 88 in the cheerleading titles and the, yeah, I don't think it's any and, accident that this all started when you got in high school. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it, or that I, or that I left. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And I'll, yeah. Uh, may amazing class of athletes with so it was um so yeah a little just so that's the major oh and a little bit more sports news. i'll tell you where i was that we can gary you may not even remember this but i'm a hundred percent sure you were with it there with me i saw they had the uh ue report in the paper marty's um senior season at evansville and they beat Murray State over the weekend, 76 to 70. I believe Gary and I were at that game. I think my family took him down there. Um, my, I know I'm kind of jumping ahead, and so you, this song will probably be played later in the top 10, but the, my memory from that day, I don't remember much, much about the game. I know Marty scored 26, it looks like. 23 in the second half, wow. In uh, a big win over Murray State. And Hafner had 14. Um I bought the Faith by George Michael. I bought that forty-five oh. at East Lamal. Oh, Along you're going to hear that. the wind by Elton John that day. So, hey, this would be a uh, good time since you brought up music. Let's play the number nine song in the country. This is Jody Watley. Probably, arguably, the weakest song in the countdown. Well, this is for me. The countdown, then. 
Don't You Want Me by Jody Watley. I always kind of fashion myself as a Jody Watley fan, probably. I think of the three of us, I think I was probably the biggest Jody Watley fan. Is that fair? I'd go with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I have. And no I had forgotten about that game, Chip. I, when you said you, that, are I remember you kind of remembering going. Yeah. I, guess I don't really remember. I know it was you with me. Um, so, yeah. And, that, and I checked it because I remember the other thing going on that week. And we were in Foot Locker or something. And the Indiana-Kentucky basketball, the bank one big – the big four classic up in Indianapolis that they used to play. I remember watching that Indiana Kentucky game. So I looked it up and we're the Indiana Kentucky Mer- game was that Saturday. We're afternoon. probably in Murrow Harmon fanfare. If I was to yeah, get that's <laughs> always <laughs> that's what we were watching. Uh, what a great score um, that was. So uh, let's just look at the NEC standings. I know it's early, but Red Hills one and one, they lost. We always play floor that first game of the year. And that's a tough one uh, back when they were the, they were obviously favored to win the conference. And so we're one and one, three and three overall. And there was a rest of the big 13th annual Lawrence County Wrestling Tournament. I know we're all familiar with that. And of course, as often, Lawrenceville did win that for the sixth straight time. I give kudos to Brian Bushy. Um, not only got a win, I put in the 155 class, I think he was in, but was the tournament's most valuable performer. Oh, wow. So Brian Bushy, senior Damn. at Red Hill, job, MVP Brian. of the entire tournament. And David Schubert wins the entire tournament in the 98-pound class. Wow. Now, my question is, where's Darby? Uh, he's nowhere to be seen. I don't remember if Darby had an injury or something, but um, – Schubert would have been beat nine. him out. <laughs> <laughs> he may have. I mean, he's – He's, he's no obviously wrestling pretty good right now. Yeah, if we had the whole school year, we would have the context of who he was hurt or something. But, yeah, no mention of Darby. Would have just been a freshman there, but, I mean – stepped right in as a freshman and was a was a mainstay so uh let's just look through the minor stories i have here uh, that i marked as i kind of go through each page of the daily record um uh, and at iWorks i thought this was a good deal um a six dollar i a coupon for a six dollar i exam that uh, that <laughs> seems like a great seems deal. really fair to me I, I mean, think like, aren't they like a hundred bucks now? Yeah. And, um, jeez. Yeah. I mean, this is great. If you don't have insurance, I mean, that's fine. Get your $6 and get in there and get an eye exam. I mean, you could find no. that and just change laying around your house. <laughs> uh, no major, le- there were some letters to the editor, but nothing of a uh, note. Let's see. Uh, Whitney Kirchie and Valerie Hartz were named Illinois State Scholars. That's quite an honor. That's based on your, um, ACT scores. So very few people, about 10% of people in the state make that. So congrats to Whitney. We've talked about her before as a valedictorian in other episodes. And let's see. um, Nothing more on that. Let's go through a couple more pages here. I think that will do it. I think that covers Monday, December 7th. So I was going to say something, Chipper. Like, I, I can only imagine too that we talked about how good sports was getting. Like this was like it was mm-hmm. starting to get really good and exciting. I'm sure at that Robert Stadium, that's when UE was rolling too. I haven't. Yeah. You, know, you go to an Evansville game now, and it's just kind of sad. Right. I mean, yeah. Not very many people. I mean, Robert Stadium was probably. Near oh, I'm sure it's probably a near capacity, and yeah. Murray State travels well. I'm yeah. sure they brought a huge crowd. I'm sure it was a great atmosphere. And then what a team with Hafner and Simmons, and uh, well, uh, those were wow. Yeah, those disappointing. They didn't get to to an NCAA tournament, but yeah. Um, yeah. So thanks. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, before we move on to Tuesday, let's do a, a quick word from a sponsor, and then we'll get see what the number eight song in the country is on uh, that week in December. But uh, let's talk about Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. He's the mayor of Bridgeport, and he's the mayor of your pizza eating. Gary, talk to us about the employee-picked pizza of the month for Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. It's a repeat, but it was one that was highly sought out. Tyler's bringing back the chicken and waffles pizza this month. Oh, yeah. We start off with our thin crust butter and mozzarella. All right. Follow that, we had crispy chicken bites and waffle bites. After it's pulled out of the hot oven, we drizzle maple syrup on top. Mm, mm, mm. A 10-inch is going to cost you $10.99, and a 14-inch is going to cost you $17.49. Order that now. What number do you call? 618 618- Nine four five, food three six six three. So for like under four eye exams, you can get that pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, let's look at that first. Or I guess well, it's not the first week in December. Going into the second week in December, mm-hmm. Chip, the number eight song in the country. This is gonna be good. Is not that one. It's this one. That's Sting. Decent song. I would say it's the weakest of the top ten so far. Yeah, I would. Everybody's their own taste. I'm not a. I wouldn't say I'm a massive Sting fan. I'm, yeah. yeah, I don't have anything against Sting, and that song's okay. I'm just not a huge fan of that song. Yeah, it's all right. Um, I'd say I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you might be right. Watley may edge him out there. Um, we went to see Daryl Hall this weekend, Gary and I, with with our other co-host David King. And my God, Daryl Hall is so talented. Yeah, I mean, he's 70, what seventy mid seventies, whatever. Yeah, and just, holy oh, cow, he's good. Uh, he was with Todd Rundgren, who eh, I'm not, you know, the biggest Todd Rundgren fan in the world, as I found out. But he's okay, you know. But uh, it was fun. But let's talk about Tuesday in the daily record. Uh, a, a high temperature on that day um, was 57 degrees, which I thought nice was early yeah, December right, weather, nice, yeah. beautiful early December day. So uh, it was 30 when you woke up on that Tuesday morning. But uh, city council meeting in Bridgeport got heated. Yeah. A seldom used Bridgeport street causes havoc is the headline. A heated discussion. No, uh, well, no. A heated discussion about a seldom-used city street caused immediate action by the Bridgeport City Council at his monthly meeting. Joe McLean of 343 South Main told the council a supposed city street, now he says supposed city street near his residence, has a dig ditch dug across it by a local resident. McLean explained he discovered the ditch while driving a car with a trailer attached down the street and inadvertently struck the ditch, doing damage to his vehicle. Now, where this street's at, Sounds like a tongue twister. Sounds yeah. like it's down by the park. It is down by the park. <laughs> if you if you stay like if you veer to the right after you cross the railroad tracks, veer to the right to yes. go to the park. So that for where you turn to go and buy the tennis courts, if you instead tur- if you would have turned left instead of right, yeah. So it, it's it's that right there. There was yeah, like a car right. wash there. 
Yeah. Right. Because Gary, you know where the McLean's house is. Oh yeah. Yeah. So so Been there before. Well anyway, so that evidently now at this point, they don't know if it's a street or not. Uh, McLean said it he'd been like using the street. Seems like it's pretty evident. I use it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so did many others, but <laughs> McLean noted he's been using it for 30 years and suddenly there's a ditch across it. <laughs> I got to check this out. <laughs> I mean, if the park's closed, you got to turn left. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you could go straight and go down the, the other one, but yeah, I mean, Get around Selby's. Um, I always thought it was an alley, but the city map shows it's supposed to be first street. The city has not first done street, anything first. to the street for years, but if it is still a street has not been closed, this is McLean talking. I would like to know who the person was responsible for digging the ditch so they can do pay for the repairs of his car, which listen, he's got a point. Excellent point. <laughs> so Alderman John Lawson who has been to the site stated it appeared to him the ditch may have been on private property, but a surveyor is going to have to come and clear all this out. Lawson said, as I saw it, the ditch was on the south side of the line where the street is supposed to be located. It is hard for me to determine just who is right in the matter until a licensed surveyor can come look at it. Bill Gray chimed in. This is a definite problem, and if the ditch is on city property, it's us. it's up to us to fill it in. We need to get to the bottom of this right away. As, Sounds now, like it's the Terry and Jerry Miller area where they lived. I don't yeah, know. yeah. They're out there on the corner. Well, folks, we ain't done yet. <laughs> okay. So as McLean sits down, reassured the problem will be looked into, Mayor Bill Potts then introduces the next item to the board, which is a repo- which was a proposal from three residents to close the street in question. Okay, okay. John Ferguson, who lives at 344, South Main, which is right across the street from Joe McLean. <laughs> he was at the meeting to represent the residents wanting to get the street closed. Ferguson lives across from McLean, is on one of the three persons. Okay, I got you. I think he dug the ditch, <laughs> folks. I mean, that's just what I think. Sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, he's one of the three persons proposing the street be closed and divided between the adjoining property owners. I feel that he, McLean, was. Tra- was trespassing at the time he damaged his car and when mr lawson came out he also thought the ditch was on private property the street has not been maintained by the city for over 30 years if they do not plan to do so in the future we would like it closed off um so then they decided you know hey listen we got to get a surveyor out here but uh Mm -hmm. so anyway ferguson didn't admit to digging the ditch i personally think that he did do we know why? I mean, I wonder why he wanted it. For I think he, I think he didn't want McLean driving across there anymore. <laughs> I yeah, don't I know. <laughs> I, it seems odd that you would just dig a ditch across the road, but um, someone did. In other business, Alderman Dale Cooper proposed a two hundred dollar Christmas bonus be given to all full time city employees. And uh, that was unanimous. That's a lot of money back. Uh, I mean, like a thousand dollars now, like ten thousand dollars now or something. Well, what is that? Ten <laughs> to twenty hundred now, thirty. Uh, it's almost forty eye exams. <laughs> yes. Cooper hey, told guys, the- I, I got to interrupt real quick. I'm looking at Google Maps. First Street still like <laughs> rocking. I mean, it's there. I mean, it's, it's still recognized. I looked at it on on Google Earth to figure out where this was, and I didn't see a ditch. <laughs> they they took. I'm sure we can find out that they took full uh, full care of this road. 
That's definitely. If any of the McLeans are listening, Susan, Jane, Dixie, um, Jody, Mike, Denny, if any of you want to um, <laughs> give us some information on this, did and and who had to repair the car? I, mean, I think that's a that's a question here. Cooper told the board the two twenty five debt retirement charge on the city sewer bills has been retired and the extra charge will be taken off the bill. So not only are the employees getting a couple hundred bucks, but the residents are getting two and a quarter a month back. Nice. And things like that's why Dale Cooper was eventually elected as mayor at the yeah. next election. Probably things like this. Yeah. Uh, get, getting things. You're right, Gary, getting things done. <laughs> At the regular monthly meeting of the Bridgeport City Council, also A.J. Burr Bowman, representing the Lawrence County Industrial Development Council, he asked the city to give their $5,000 per year. So, you know, basically what that was was the trying to bring, bring uh, business to the area, and Bridgeport uh, had in the past given five grand. Um, there was concern that, that Bridgeport maybe isn't being very well represented. And they said, well, why don't you get somebody on the board from Bridgeport? Now, here's what I thought was interesting about this. I don't know I'd ever thought of it. Burr Bowman lived in Lawrenceville. I just always, and I got oh, to okay. thinking, I never knew where he lived, but I sort of just always kind of assumed Burr Bowman was a Bridgeport guy, but he was actually a Lawrenceville resident. But he basically said, well, get off your butt and get somebody on the board if you want representation. So. Uh, 62 in high school in the area are in the who's who among American high school students from Bridgeport. Amy Abel, Jerry Bond, Cindy Brown, Rusty Joe Hartz, Tana Holtz, Jennifer Polk, and, and a young sophomore Lance Smith. Congratulations. Uh, from Sumner, Pat Bridget, Doug exactly. Cummins, Missy Ferguson, Lisa K. Hoswinkle, Luann Hobbs, Jay Myernick, a lot of 87 grads in there, Michelle Mason, Gail Paddock, Robin Roderick, and Jennifer White. My question is, I remember Where's getting things. Yeah, he wasn't in there. I remember yeah. getting those things in the mail all yeah. the time. You had to buy the, if you bought the yearbook, you got your name. <laughs> I mean, nothing against the, the people who were all well-deserving that got it. but well, And that was my question, like, <laughs> What was that? I we used to I used to get it all I'll the time. I'll tell you what. I was just thinking this. I was probably the only person that ever used this, but I think it was during this year in study hall. I would go in there in the reference section, and I would get the Who's Who books out, and I would just devour that Who's Who book. <laughs> just like it was just like a list of names of kids all around the United States. Well, that's States. what I thought. It was just a list. It's and like they, a phone book. Is what it looks like. If I, yeah, I would spend 40 minutes every day just, just reading names. It. Well, it says the first selection is determined on the basis of criteria, which includes high achievement. Listen, I was getting them in the mail constantly, and no offense to the obviously very bright people <laughs> you that paid are your in. $59.95 for your yearbook you got in. And it says huh. students... Uh, uh, 99% of who's who students have a B or better average, but it also says in the 21st edition, it features 550,000 students or 5% of the 12 million high big schools. Book. Yeah. So there you wow. go. Red Hill stays unbeaten. Uh, they Red Hill Lady Slukies broke open a close game, 24-3, second quarter blitz. They cruise 78-56 over Newton. Mandy Cunningham pours in 34 following up that big 45-point performance. Mary Martha tossed in 17. Um, Red Hill led 19-14. Denise Bowser and Yvette Hutchings score eight each for Red Hill. Michelle Weiss, Connie Cullison had three each. Monica Cunningham tossed in two along with Tamika Robinson in the Red Hill JV game. Monica leads the way with 10. Cherry Davis, nine. 
Cullison, eight. Tiffany, Tool, and Angie Hardacre have two each. So good job, Lady Slukies rolling. Getting ready for the Red Hill Lawrenceville basketball game, which I have a feeling Mr. Emmons will report on in the next segment. Um, Joe Jones talks about how both teams are, are flying high. Tad Schick scoring a ton of points for Lawrenceville. Red Hill obviously rolling with Stacy Lance and that gang. But I liked how Joe ended it. Uh, talked about Lawrenceville scores 68 points a game while limiting teams to 58. Jim Monji, the Lawrenceville coach, said Red Hill has a lot of talent. They have some kids who can put points on the board. And they're ready for their first home game. With both teams favoring an up-tempo game, the scoreboard may get a workout unless one team decides to stop the other by sitting on the ball. Joe ends the article saying, but no one would do that, would they? Oh, yeah. I'm interested to see how this game goes. uh, A couple of quick things before we move on to Tuesday, or I'm sorry, Wednesday. Uh, Bacon ad in the paper you can get bacon for a dollar 49 that's 12 ounce package of course interesting it was at hucks um well that was an interesting thing for hucks to be advertising yeah they're bacon and then a blast from the past ad that i saw it was just in it was in the classifieds but the mckim iga lawrenceville tapes to go movies and vcr rentals new movies weekly open seven days 6 a.m to midnight can't believe a lot of people are renting at 6 a.m but i guess that was grocery shopping (laughs) movies two dollars and 50 cents daily but guys it's free membership you don't have to pay for your membership so that's a good thing and that is pretty much it uh, did want to say, what do you think a 12-pack of Pepsi cost at Magnus Variety in December of 87? $2.99. $2.59. You're close. <laughs> and, and that is Pepsi, Diet Pepsi, Mountain Dew, or Dr. Pepper. And let's go to the number, what are we on? Number seven song in the country. That is that my favorite one of hers? I don't know. I, I, I like be. it a lot. I, I think I like it more now than I did, did then. I think it might be. I, I think it might be. I had one more point, Brian, on your report. Rocket. You were talking about First Street, and we've also been talking about this is prime pizza delivery time for Brian. Yes. A point I, I, I think I've made this with Brian before because I used to deliver for Pizza Hut in 92. And Bridgeport has the most absurd street numbering system of any, <laughs> like, okay, we have a first street, yeah, but where's second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth? So we just have like a random first well, street. Well, in that- fairness, we barely had a first street. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, I mean, the damn thing that- had a ditch across it. <laughs> the house numbers are all, it, it's weird. Like they don't go like, yeah. 402, 404, 404. Now it sounds like South Maine did. Yeah. Like 443 and yeah, Ferguson was but, right across from McLean. Yeah, Bridgeport is very difficult to deliver pizzas in. We didn't have GPS. I we did so well without GPS. I give ourselves a lot of credit for that. But um, yeah, you couldn't depend on street numbers. You just had to kind of know Bridgeport. So we and, were the right we were and, the right guys. And yeah, I say, and luckily we did. <laughs> Uh, before we get to Wednesday, Gary, let's talk about one of my favorite places to go, and that is Gray's Restaurant in Bridgeport. Call 945-9501 and 
get your food uh, pick up there at the old window, or better yet, go in, sit down, have a cold drink, order one of those great cheeseburger steaks, tenderloins, and uh, the famous fish dinners, but mainly you can probably see somebody you know in there, just like I did when I was in there last week before the basketball game. Go in there, get you something to eat, get you something to drink, 945-9501 if you do want to pick it up. But mainly, whatever you do, let the Gray family cook for your family today. And that's the point I was going to make was if you like this kind of conversation, you like talking about old school Red Hill stuff, you go into Gray's, you're going to find somebody you can sit down and have a conversation about old school Red Hill basketball or football or whatever, city council meetings, whatever you're into. I'm into it all. <laughs> Well, let's move on to Wednesday, December 9th, okay. 1987. I was going to start with just some of the local local events going on. You know what December always brings. Well, Unit 10s, grades 1 through 4, will be having their Christmas program at 7 p.m. in the West Gym on Sunday, December 13th. Red Hill Junior High and the Red Hill High School Band and Chorus will have its Christmas program at 7 p.m. on the 13th as well. Sunday, December 20th, the Red Hill High School Mixed Chorus Christmas Vesper Concert. Now, what does that mean? I'm not sure what that means. I think I think that is that when you're holding a candle, maybe? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think okay. that's right. And we had to call it a mixed chorus because do we have a boys and a girls chorus? Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I think they're just letting everybody know it's everybody, maybe. <laughs> it seems Sunday, like it seems like it's implied, but then <laughs> We're going to have our Vesper concert in the East Gym. Okay. I'm, I'm with you. PM. I like this. January 1st, 1988. Wabash Cablevision is bringing 12 new channels to your lineup. Ooh. We're going to include WEVV, Fox Channel out of Evansville. We're bringing Jump Street. the Nashville Network. We're bringing in the Home Shopping Network. We're going to bring you MTV and VH1. Oh, boy. The Discovery Channel, American Movie Classics, Cinemax, Headline News, the Disney Channel, Nickelodeon, and C-SPAN. So those are 12 new channels coming to Wabash Cablevision. Yeah, that was huge when we got MTV. It was no more having to watch the Friday night videos. And I would be I would record them, so it would be almost like I had videos throughout the week to watch. But, yeah, the, getting MTV and VH1, was that was a... I was going to say a game changer. It was a life changer. Oh, life changer. Boy, I really thought yeah, it was before this. Right. I was yeah, well, I, that's what I was that. about to say, but yeah, I guess that's right. I think, I think I'm pretty sure we got MTV in like September or so. Um, so I think this is just kind of still there. I, I saw that same ad, but yeah, it was during that, that fall of um, 87, but um, yeah, I had that same ad in my paper, but I was kind of questioning the wording of it. Um, yeah, and I think January 1st is when it was all coming. Of yeah. so. Friday night, December 11th, the Bridgeport Moose Lodge is hosting its annual Christmas dinner and free dance. Food starts at 6 p.m. The dance is going to be from 8 to 11 with music by none other than uh, DJ, the DJ. Uh, I should have known that. We're getting out of the we're getting out of the bands and the the DJs are becoming becoming uh, very very popular and TJ was one of the best. How perfect is that that somebody named TJ decided to DJ? 
I think that's why he did it. I remember he was selling his stuff in the late nineties and King and I, he could vouch for it. He was here. We talked on the phone. I remember it's like a Friday night in my apartment, in Springfield. We sat down, we, we either talked on the phone or over the computer, one or the other, but we were considering buying TJ, the TJ's DJ service. It was a great price. He was selling it for like, it was, it was affordable uh, for two recent college grads. We thought we could, get the money together to make it work but uh we decided so you mean, like you're gonna have him come and do like a party for you or you're gonna buy his no we were gonna setup? buy his buy his trailer and his oh, music yeah. and we, were gonna, we were gonna become tj the dj because he was selling everything wow that's great that's pretty amazing <laughs> well the red hill high school varsity and junior varsity teams are gonna gonna play the mount carmel lady aces the scoring is going to continue. Mandy Cunningham scores 36 points to lead Red Hill. God, what a week. A, a 6-0 start and a 68-55 win over the Lady Aces. Not only that, they're playing every day. You seem like it. <laughs> Denise Bowser and Yvette Hutchings chipped in 10 points each, and Mary Martha added, uh, added 9. Michelle Weiss rounded out the scoring with 3. Coach Cunningham said after playing Newton Monday night, our kids were tired, and it showed in the third quarter. It was a real physical game, more like a football than a basketball. We had some kids who were bruised up a little. After we had a good lead in the last three minutes, we worked on our delay game. It took some time off the clock. Smart. We just wanted to get a win. Red Hill led 20-13 to 13 after the first period and extended to 36-21 to 21 at halftime. Matt Carmel cut the margin to 50-37 to 37 after three, and both teams scored 18 points in the final stanza. Mandy hit five three-pointers. Mary had one. Red Hill dropped the JV contest, contest 31-30 to to even their record at 3-3. Three and three. Monica Cunningham leads the Lady Salukis with 10 points. Connie Cullison added seven. Tiffany Tools, six. Cherry Davis, five. And Angie Hardacre had two. Going to get some time off now. The Lady Salukis travel Monday to Albion for a game against Edwards County. So we got a little bit of time off, rest up, heal up. I was going to say, they got to be tired. Yeah, he, he said they were. So that was, uh, that was uh, again, another good win. Mandy is, uh, Mandy's dominating continue. So now we know that we have the big rival game Tuesday night. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be Red Hill and Lawrenceville. We got Flora sitting at three and zero in the conference right now. Lawrenceville's two and zero and five and zero overall. So you got undefeated Lawrenceville, while Red Hills now one and two in the conference and three and four overall. So we know we got the work cut out for us. You got you got a couple a couple studs over at Lawrenceville with uh, uh, Tad Schick and uh, Gus Gillespie. Those guys are those guys were a load. But Chip, do you have something there? No, well. Is this game at Red Hill or is it at Lawrenceville? Do we know? I mean, this one's at Lawrenceville. Yeah, this one okay. was Lawrenceville because Monty said remember, they'll be glad to get home finally. We, uh, I'm pretty sure we beat uh, my dog tails book is right beside me. We pretty sure we beat them one time this year. I don't know if it's this game. I don't think it's this game because uh, that was huge. I know I had chapel for algebra first second hour, and he was. Just, I mean, I think that's one of the things that really this win over Lawrenceville at some point this season. I'm pretty sure that he felt that was such a huge feather in his cap. And then to, to not be rehired the next year was re he really felt blindsided by that. He kind of thought that was his, that would save him for another season, but go ahead. What happened? In this well, let's get into, let's get into Joe Jones's article. He said, when the smoke cleared, there was no line for refunds. 
Lawrenceville Indians and Red Hills Slukies slugged it out for 32 minutes Tuesday and in Lawrenceville with the host Indians emerging with a 70-64 victory. The first of two scheduled meetings between Lawrence County uh, schools lived up to advanced billing. Bodies flew, three-pointers two, as the teams kept the pace at a fever pitch. A crap shooter's delight, the game featured seven ties and seven lead changes, with, uh, with seven points being the largest lead for either, either team. It was a hard-played up-tempo basketball in a packed house at the Lawrenceville High School gym. And I just, you know, you, you go back to, I mean, you can almost feel yourself in that gym and those those big games, especially when Lawrenceville and Red Hill both were good. Man, there was probably nothing better than that. And, and, uh, and a great gym and a great atmosphere. But, man, going out to the concession stand at that place was just a madhouse. I hated going to the concession stand at Lawrenceville. Yeah, I barely remember the concession stand at Lawrenceville. It was like in a little room, like a yeah. little classroom, but the hallway was just packed with people. It was a it was a mess getting out there. But that's because it was crowd. I mean, it would, if that gym was, it you know, well, schools don't get those crowds today like they did then, but um, it was, yeah, they, I mean, they, they were sellouts. They were yeah. really getting up and down the floor. Red Hill, Red Hill took 63 shots in that game. Well, Stacy Moore, half of the Slukies offense, gruesome twosome, as Joe Jones says. <laughs> Stacy scored 26 to lead the team. The loss dropped Red Hill to three and four in the season and one and two in the NEC. Mark Ambrose netted 16. It sounds like he just had a position change uh, from Coach Chapel. Yeah, yeah. point to the swing position. Swing man. Yeah. Mark, Mark had six, uh, 16. Lance only had 14, and all, Lance also fouled out late in the contest. So it was a little bit of a disappointing game for Lance. The 14-point total for Smith was a six-foot-three junior's lowest output of the season. He entered the game averaging 20 over 22 a game. So awesome. yeah. he, he did have a tough one. Saluki's boss, Ed Chapel, pointed to Lawrenceville's defense as the major factor in the game. He said, Nobody's been able to stop Lance, Chapel said. Schick did a good, did a fine job on him. And if Scott had not been all over Stacy, he was ready to light it up tonight. I mean, he scored 26. Mm-hmm. And so I guess, you know, a pretty good game already. It's a tribute to Lawrenceville's defense. Chapel said Smith had been. Ha- uh, bothered by a cold, but was not making excuses. Lance said he didn't get didn't uh, get done some of the things he wanted to. I think Lawrenceville's uh, quickness bothered him at first. Red Hill did take their largest lead of the game with 4:22 left in the in the third third quarter. They're going up 45 to 39. But after a timeout, Lawrenceville forged a tie at 49, and the teams entered the final eight minutes locked up. 51 to 51. But uh, was it Derek, Derek Blair? I'm sorry. Derek Blair hit a big shot there to, to, to give Lawrenceville the lead. Gillespie's two free throws gave Lawrenceville its biggest lead at 68 to 61 with 29 seconds left. Stacy then switched his fifth three-pointer of the game with 20 seconds left, but Gillespie converted two more charity tosses in the final margin uh, to make the final margin. Red Hill's going to uh, have another tough one. They're going to travel to Carmi. For a game against the defending conference champions, Gus Gillespie scores 36 in this game. So Jeez. Gus was on fire for sure. The Indians uh, made a clean sweep in the of the JV game two with a 52-35 win. Brandon Smith led Red Hill with 12, Doug Reed 11, Ashley Hessler 6, Mike Gray 4, and Gene Allen had two points in the JV loss. Way to go, Gino. Yeah, Gino had a good one. Let's see if I have that. I think I think that may wrap me up. So that's gonna that's gonna take us through 
through Wednesday, December the 9th. But right. I think I have Thursday, December the 10th, too. So well, why don't we first see what the number six song in the country was? What Anybody got a guess? It's by a female, a young female. I think we're alone now. No, yeah, I think we're alone now. Or shake, shake your love. One of those. What'd two. you say? Shake, shake your love. Shake your love. Shake your love. I just can't shake your love. Shake your love. Still see John Land dancing to the song. God rest his soul. What a beautiful human being. He liked this song. Yeah, he did at that time. I can still I can still picture like John Land sitting in the pizza house and this song was playing when that part when she goes shake shake shake. I can I can like I can picture it right now. John Land. We want to do a commercial. Sure. Um, do you want to talk about a bank or an insurance agency? Oh, we'll talk about juice and T-bone. Well, get off your feet. No. Get on your feet and off your seat. How do you say that? Get off get your, on your feet and off your seat. <laughs> kickoff time. See, Bone was talented. Think how much trouble we're having with that. Anyway, whatever you need to do, if you want to sleep at night knowing your family has someone looking out for them and giving you the insurance coverage that you need. They're now part of the Burkhart Insurance Agency. That is Andrew's Insurance Agency right there in Bridgeport. Talk to T-Bone or Juice. They're your independent agents that will look out for you so your family can sleep a night knowing that they are covered. That's the Andrew's Insurance Agency. They support lots and lots around Bridgeport, so give them your business when you're looking for insurance. Do you want to do another song? Yeah, I was going to ask for another song. Let me hear another one. This is the number five song in the country on the week of December 6th, I know we say this a lot, but what a song! I, I when I hear that song, I think of one David King. I, because I, I think of David King when I hear that song. I was watching David King <laughs> lip sync this song right when, when it came on. My goodness! Yeah, that's good stuff. That's hard to come back from. But hey, as I'm into- as I'm flipping along with you here, I did want to mention one thing. I just saw Wednesday, December 9th, in full swing, Dick Fessels in Lawrenceville. Quitting business sale. Doesn't say going out of business. It says quitting business sale. Everything goes. Get a pair of socks for two ninety seven. Oh, I'm sorry. You get three pairs of socks for two ninety seven. That's great. <laughs> yeah. What else? Trying to clean that store. I got no, a lot of inventory. Winter, that was an awesome. So I can still smell that store. $145 winter jacket for 60. So Dang, nice. Who Larch will spend 145 on a coat? No kidding. <clears throat> So, uh, uh no, he still has his only, he would still have his only shop because that's where I got my prom tuxedo a couple years later was at Dick Vessels in Olney. So, but yeah, the Lawrenceville and sad to see it go. Yeah. So let's move on to Thursday, December 10th. Kind of a light news day, but I'll say that six students 
in the Red Hill High School Music Department. We're going to take part in the Illinois Music Educators Association All-State Music Festival in Peoria. It's going to be January 28th to the 30th. There's got to be our a Red Hill drummer in this. Our yeah. course participants Red Hill are... Red Junior drummer. <laughs> in the chorus is going to be Jody Snap, huh. Angie Dabbs, okay. Jennifer Glosser, and Jennifer Polk. And the band is going to represent us with Caleb Buchanan and Jay Myerny. I Myer- knew it. <laughs> yes. Good call, Brian. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really plugged into the Red Hill Band. <laughs> I mean, he was one of them. He was great. You talk about plugged in before a game. I mean, he got in a zone before <laughs> yes, a basketball he game. And yeah, he had those lighted. Wa- people were watching sticks. him. Yeah. I mean, and he knew it. That's why he got the lighted drum. I was gonna say, to had to you show. mentioned on this podcast there was lighted drumsticks? That's what I thought. Yeah. Oh, several times I have. Yeah. <laughs> in in, uh, in some sports news, the Red Hill Three Point Booster Club set to meet at five p.m. on Saturday at the Pizza House. Hmm. So I'm sure they ran into Brino, and that was a uh, Brino was yes. just starting his shift about that time. I would say. Yeah. Called nine four five food. We talked about the mule just a little bit ago, but Marty Simmons scores a career high thirty-eight. Wow! And you and University of Evansville's first loss of the season to Miami of Ohio. Hmm. It was a very light news day, but I know we're going to get report on this later. But mentioned earlier that the, the Slukies are going to have a tough contest on Friday night. Go to Carmine. That's never an easy place to play. They were all I mean, tough back then. Or we had some, that was a good that was a good team. Joe Jones says, while it would be understandable for this for the his team to suffer a mental letdown after the emotional contest against Lawrenceville, Saluki's coach Ed Chappell said he has not seen any sign of one yet. We had a good practice Wednesday, and I think the kids are back up and ready to play, Chappell said. This team loves to play the game, and the players do well keeping things in perspective. Karma has lost two straight after they lost Tuesday's overtime uh, to McLeansboro. And they're playing without their leading score. Do you remember that leading score of Karma back in these days? I, I Kevin Kirkendall. That's what uh, I was going to say. I, I, yeah, I read the Vincent Sun commercial, so I had it fresh in my mind. I read the game article on this on Sunday, December 13th. So that was. You say um, Kirkendall. I say Kikendall. Which one is it? Uh, Kirkendall is how I've heard it both ways. I think a lot of white county people call it Kirkendall. Okay. Kirkendall reportedly struck Kuykendall. his head. <laughs> While helping his father during the Carmine's teacher strike, has oh been suffering from dizziness. He passed out in class Tuesday, necessitating his absence from the lineup. He's less than as questionable for Friday night. Also out for the Bulldogs is Eric Dixon, who suffered a torn knee ligament and is scheduled for surgery. Hmm. Chapel says if we can get over the long road trip, we know about that long. Which yes, yeah. Carmine usually doesn't get the long road trip, right? But it's but about Chappell, the it same. Is. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> We can go over that long road trip and get ready to play early. I like our chances, he said. Carmi has a history of jumping on people early and getting a big lead. We can stop that. I think the matchups favor us. I've got a theory. Yeah. I think the reason that it feels like it's so much farther to Salem than it does to Carmi is because you're driving through familiar places. You know, you got to go, you go through Mount Carmel. Yeah. Didn't you go through Albion? To, or no? I'd have to look at a map, but. Yeah, just straight down. Yeah, it's fit, but it just felt like you were more yeah. closer to home. That when you got past Alney and Flora, just it seemed like 
you were just out in the middle. Of it's nowhere. just that straight yeah. shot. It's just, yeah, there's more excitement, I think, on the Carmi trip. I mean, Mount Carmel's yeah. fun to look, you know, you got the sights and of you got the, you know, all the, you know, the McDonald's, everything in that McDonald's that uh, Mount Carmel offers. What do, you, what do you got on the way to Salem? You got, okay, leaving from Bridgeport, you got, you don't really go through Sumner, so that's not slowing you down any. You got Olney. But yeah, but you, and you don't really go through it, so it's not like you get to see it like you do in Mount Carmel. You Olney pass Green. by Olney. And it was dark. Olney Noble. Yeah, and Flora. And Flora. Right by Clay City and then Flora. This is, and this is before Flora. Um, but see, that's I'm the thing. Sure After you get rats, past but... Flora, the the little towns are off 50, like Xenia. I mean, there's just nothing. Like, there's hardly anything on the map that's not that you don't go through. It's just plain. Like an hour and 20 minutes or so, it roughly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Chapel said he expects a good effort from six foot three Lance Smith, who was held to 14 so points. So do we. Eight below his average. Chapel says Lance worked hard on his game in practice, the coach said. He'll be ready to go. Chapel also said he likes Stacey Morgan's Carmine Smaller Guards and offense generated by Mark Ambrose. He said with Brose picking up scoring, we have three legitimate big scores, Chapel said. Carmine's tough to beat at home anytime, but could be vulnerable without if Kirkendall is out of the lineup. Red Hill needs a win to climb back into the NEC title hunt. Pick Red Hill by five. Ooh, okay. So picking Red Hill on the road. They are missing a couple players. That helps. Yeah, but the, so that that kind of finishes up. That's there's mu- not much other news going on that day that I saw. So that's going to wrap my Thursday up. All right, let's take a look at the number four song in the country this week in That song just makes me feel good. Just makes me feel good. It's a happy song. I must have really liked it. I'm still going. (laughs) Massive hit for Bill Medley and Jennifer Warrens. Good job. Are we ready for... Let's yeah, let's go to Friday. Well, let's first talk about banking. Like, you know, in the big banking era, listen, let's face it, they don't care about you, right? But what you do yeah. want is a bank that does care about you and puts money back into the county, and that is People State Bank. You know where they're located. Lawrenceville, St. Francisville, Bridgeport, Sumner, all those convenient locations. And go on their website, all kinds of different financial products that they've got for you to consume. But mostly, you're going to walk in there to a smiling face and knowing that the money that you generate in that bank will stay in the county and help all the different fundraising and the different activities all around the county, like Pack the Place, 4-H projects, all kind of thing. And, you know, the guy that went 9 for 21 on Tuesday against Lawrenceville, Stacy Moore's running the dang show. So even better. So People State Bank, look for them in those locations, Lawrenceville, St. Francisville, but the ones that really matter, Bridgeport and Sumner, People's State 
bank. All right. So we've got it's Friday. The the major news story is a family fight in Lawrenceville. <laughs> yes. Uh, this family and the um, honestly, Chief Foster, Lawrenceville City Chief, uh, he's kind of um, he's kind of done with this family and all their drama and everything. Does he know by know what family I'm talking about in Lawrenceville? I'm gonna take a uh, I'm gonna take a guess that's just north of the elbow. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was gonna um, be my guess. This, this feud's been going on for 20 years, according to Ken Dixon's article here. Uh, we got Roger Shoulders Sr. He was 42 back then. I mean, um, lived on Sixth Street in Lawrenceville. Um, he was arrested for armed violence Thursday after he allegedly shot his brother and his son oh, with a boy. 22 um, what, down what on was Fourth it? Street. With a 22? 22 down okay. on Fourth Street. Okay. So kind of know this, kind of know the area where the shoulders live down there. I believe um, the 17 year old Roger Jr. Uh, so Roger Sr. shot him um, in the in the thigh. Uh, his brother Burl. So he wasn't trying uh, to kill him or anything. Yeah, he got Burl on the upper arm, right arm. <laughs> um, Either he's a really bad shot or a really good one. One of the yeah, Burl just shot has already been released from LCMH. He's already out. Burl's or um, Roger Jr. is still in there. Burl. Uh, Foster is quoted. Chief Foster. Primarily, this, primarily, this is a long-standing family feud. Although some of the parties are not related. It's a hereditary dispute, which frequently erupts into violence. It's continued to fester for more than 25, for tw more than 20 years. In my estimation, this department spends entirely too much time on it. The first names change sometimes, but the last names seem to remain the same. Um, so Foster and the city officers responded to 1509 4th after they were informed there were shots fired. Then Rogers Sr., the shooter, the alleged shooter, alleged. is going to appear in court uh today which was friday december 11th he was expected so i'm sure if we whenever we do next that school year we'll uh, get more on that um two other shoulders were also arrested after the shooting um un unrelated charges own shoulders paul senior's wife uh for um unlawful delivery of cannabis um, she's out on $20,000 bond. Oh my God. Something that's <laughs> completely legal now. Uh, Greg shoulders, Burl's son. So Burl was the one shot in the upper arm. His son, Greg, um, was arrested for battery for beating up Steve Harvey. Oh my goodness. Who is owned as owned the one that got the arrested guy for from dealing marijuana. Is that the uh, guy from family feud? <laughs> <laughs> he beat up Ona's brother. Um, is it brothers? Yeah, Ona's brother Steve. Okay. Uh, Harvey. Yeah. Uh, so that's going on. And like we said, I've also got the hospital report for you the um, admissions. <laughs> it looks like Roger Shoulders Jr. was admitted to Lawrence County Memorial Hospital, okay. as we already knew from the article. But just to make it official, yeah. he was listed in one of our favorite things the hospital notes. Are people still naming their kid Burl? <laughs> In these, it's these cyclical. Days. It'll come back, but yeah. it hasn't yet. I don't, I don't think. think Burl's coming back. <laughs> Beautiful name. Don't get me wrong, but um, I think that's one. You don't see a lot of. No, I don't. You don't see a lot name. of Burls anymore. Um, <laughs> wasn't there a Burl Hughes? That sounds right. What it was Merle Hughes, right? Well, there's Merrill, but I think there. <laughs> I think there might be a Burl too. I think you might. 
<laughs> I know it sounds familiar to me. Burl. <laughs> I'm sure we can run that through the Dick Poppy website and we'll yeah. come up with some Burl Hughes information. Uh. Um, hey, and that's almost my, a lot of people like Google people's names. Like I, with all these accesses, I don't Google people's names. If they're Lawrence County, I I run them through the Daily Record archives. That's how I like to look up information on people. But I actually got the board meeting this day too, but it was that very uneventful board meeting second Tuesday, second Thursday of the month. That's when it always lands. Um, not talking tax levies and boring stuff like that. Um, there were some suspensions upheld, but they didn't put any names in. Um, they're from my school uh, for drug and alcohol policy, three days each. So I don't remember who it was. Um, the um, the Illinois Music Education, we talked about the IMEA that they're going to Peoria in late January. You were talking about, Gary. Uh, they were approved for their overnight trip, six to nice. one vote. John Conover is the no vote on that, as well as the wrestling team to Carterville Wrestling Tournament. John Conover is a no on that as well. I have an update. Um, <laughs> <It's not brilliant. laughs> in, the, in the Monday, March 12th, Daily Record, there's a big picture. It what says, year? <laughs> 1990, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, there's a big picture down the right side of the paper. A man and his bass. Burl Hughes of Bridgeport displays a seven and three quarter pound largemouth bass. Uh, Hughes said he landed the bass Friday morning in a farm pond. He plans to take the fish to a taxidermy. So, yeah, there you're right. And now I I recognize him. Yeah, I know who Burl well, Hughes is. And it's and it's spelled. <laughs> How do you think Burl spelled? Well, see, that's I, how I predicted. Okay, I, I'm gonna see if I you say I'm gonna see if I agree with with my predictions the same. B e r y l. Oh no, I was way off on that. No, I got B u r l. That's how I was spelling. Uh, well, the, I'm telling you in this in this picture with the fish, it's spelled B e r y l. Now let me think. He lives at eight thirteen Madison. So that's right next door. Oh, so you're like present day. You're talking like 2022 information. Well, no, this is back in like 77 or something. Okay. <laughs> so that's right next door to where Terry McAdow and Scott, Scott Murray. Okay, I know what area you're talking about. That's right next door to them on the corner of Madison and Jonathan is where Burl Hughes lived. Okay. So Burl Hughes was... He was related, I'm pretty sure, to Barry. No, I think he was maybe the older brother of Barry and Chris Hughes. Okay. I think that's, and I'm pretty sure he played basketball at Seed School too, Beryl Hughes. They were great, Gray Street guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm picturing Beryl older than he is. I don't think Beryl is as old as I'm. I'm picturing like an old guy when he was in 1990. He wasn't that old in 1990, was he? No, he was, I mean, he's still out fishing. Yeah. Anyway, that, okay, we just uh, we just went down the the burl rabbit hole, which is awesome. That's wasn't great. expecting that. That wasn't on our agenda, but well, also at the board meeting, congratulations to David King. Oh, he's oh. got a lot of mentions. <laughs> he needs to be on this episode tonight. <laughs> um, David King. This is not a direct David King thing, but the eighth grade class, which David King would have been a part of, was unanimously seven zero. Uh, to go on a field trip to Springfield. Oh, good. So congrats on getting that to Mr. C is who we really need to be congratulating there. I'm sure he wrote up the proposal getting for it. That done, yeah. All right. So let's move on on that. Um, a lot of speeding tickets, 24 and 2060. So or 24 and 26. So $50 tickets back then. Um, but 
I w- I'm not going to get too much into the courthouse news. I love the Friday paper, though. I would love the, fr- you know, every Friday you'd get to, and that'd be the first thing I dig into was the courthouse news. Um, not a whole lot of familiar names in there, but some, but I don't want to make them, you know, throw them under the bus for something that happened 35 years ago. So yeah. we'll keep on moving through the paper here. Do the crime, do the time. <laughs> That's <Yes>. true. <laughs> uh keep up let's go to the sports page here so i'm on the friday so this is the thursday night uh sports that uh took place i know we're not talking too much lawrenceville here but friend of the podcast adam fry did score 11 for the parkview seventh grade team so um no one went for 18 but we'll okay. move on that was against uh, flora so wrestlers um big wins they won a triangular over cumberland and carmi um at home and I believe I remember this night because um, I remember seeing Cumberland wrestling in our gym when I got, like, I'd never seen Cumberland play a sport before. Mm. I didn't know they were like baby blue and gold and um, kind of Marquette colors is what they uh, looked like. So I remember seeing these wrestlers walking with these baby blue wrestling singlets and um, with big C's on the front of it. So I'm pretty sure this was the same night I experienced that, but let's go to, how we did here, 53-9 win over Cumberland, wow. 42-28 over Carmi. Um, let's see. Randy Baker was a winner at 112. Dennis Hill at 119, a lot of big names here. Jimmy Worth at 167, who you have seen on this day in Red Hill history mm-hmm. uh, yesterday or the day before. J.C. Brookhart, 185 with a pin. Tommy Widener won a what five four decision. Dan Lizenby, popular name, he's been on both Jeopardy episodes. Uh, got a major decision. Steve Wagner, a 10-5 winner. Here we go. Darby Wagner, there 98 go. pound class. So he's David Schubert has lost his spot. Um, so he won by forfeit, unfortunately. Um, and then Schubert, they moved him up. I was to gonna say, did Schubert move up? Yeah, moved up to 105. Yeah, so um, some. And then the quote from that car, car, sorry, this is from Jim Drury. Cumberland's a young team with some eligibility problems. Carmi was a much closer match. It always feels good to defeat them. Our problem is giving up too many pins. Um, so I, Drury knows his team's loaded, but, you know, he's kind of um, yeah being humble about, hey, Cumberland had eligibility problems. If they wouldn't have had their full roster, they would have given us a match. I don't think they would have. Probably would have been still been 53 to 9 is my guess. Uh, JV winners. Yeah, go ahead, Gary. As a wrestler, would there be nothing better when coach says, hey, we need you to go up to another weight class? That'd have to be awesome, wouldn't it? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Knowing you got seven pounds to play with now? Yeah, yeah that's true. I'm sure Schuper had a huge meal after that. Oh, he went to Gray's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I bet he did. Or Pizza House, one or the other. Yeah. He probably called me and brought it right to his door. Schubert was mentioned on Jeopardy. A lot of the Jeopardy names um, on here. Uh, JV winners, get some different wrestling names that we don't always hear. David Seed at 105. Bobby Ritchie, we've talked about him at 112. Eric Thacker from the Red Hill class of 91 at 119. Dale Ayers, 126. He was a wrestler in his younger days. Donnie Deckard, 138. Spencer Vaughn, 167. And the heavyweight winner, friend of the podcast, lives there on Judy Avenue, right by Billy Gray, J.J. Gentry, Gentry with the heavyweight championship. Taking, heavyweight over for, <laughs> taking over for Neil Heath in that slot. Yeah. Right. 
Um, hey, let's go ahead and do another another song. And I was just looking on your paper chip. I clicked on. Look, I was just kind of glancing through the uh, the TV ads that are in the back yeah. of the Friday night, and and starting at ten o five, and then it shows it at eleven, twelve o five, one o five, two o five, channel six, night tracks. Uh, so they had to be TBS. We we're talking about. Yeah, that's right. TBS, I and say. I bet they played this. as well we'll go ahead and do the number two song in the country as well of course that's richard marks and here's a classic fall of 87 song That's number two in the country, Belinda Carlisle. All right. So we have one song left. We'll find out in just a moment what the number one is. Uh, at the show place for, looks like, 250. And that, I can't tell. That might have been every, that's on like, that's like a Tuesday special. But um, so I think I've seen all three of these movies. So Throw Mama from the Train. Um, I don't think I saw Good movie. That. It's one that I saw, I saw it right around Christmas time. I saw, actually, I think I saw it like the day after Christmas. Um. Good, good movie. Never saw it again after that day. Fatal Attraction, very good movie. And then Less Than Zero, which I also read the book for a class in college. is an excellent book as well. Great book. Um, great movie. So that's what's playing at the show place. Let's just peruse through the paper. I was going to kind of talk about Wabash Cablevision, but Gary discussed that with the huge – I'm sure he had the exact same almost full-page ad that I did on that. Um, I always like looking through the churches. Uh, on Friday, you also get that as well. In addition to the courthouse news, you get to find out – uh, what time all the services start and everything. So that was a mainstay in the Friday Daily Record. Yep. And going through here, I'm just going through the pages of the paper. I didn't mark a whole lot of other things. So well, I'll tell you one thing. You can get 10 pounds of white potatoes for 89 cents. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, and a lot of ads going on. Everybody's kind of hyping their New Year's Eve or a few weeks away, um, whether it be Eagles, VFW, Executive Inn, they're um, – hyping their new year's parties are going to be happening so there's a lot there's a lot of things if you want something to do on new year's there's no excuse to um didn't get invited to a party there's all kinds of places throughout lawrence and knox county you can go and i don't really think there was anything else um friday's kind of a sports and stuff wise kind of slow day but um that's all I got. This is interesting. Up at the uh, on the back page, up at the very top, you know, in real tiny print, print where it says like page sixteen, section B, and then it mm-hmm. has the date. It has Lewis newspapers there. It says page sixteen, well, section B, Lewis newspapers, Friday, December eleventh, nineteen eighty seven. Yeah, I mean, if you look on page two, I mean, it says Daily Record, a Lewis newspaper. Yeah. So didn't know. I never um, never noticed that before. Larry Lewis, publisher. There you go. Big layer. And a dr- while I'm looking at that, I completely missed that. I'm glad you brought my attention to that. Druthers has a $3.99 all-you-can-eat chicken I plus would... a salad bar. For $3.99, that chicken was good. Yes, it was good. And this is uh, – I'll be I'll be working there not too long. Um. Okay. Is that – I guess that's it? Well, I had just a little bit from the Sunday oh, Sun yeah. commercial. I didn't go real deep into it. Let's but go ahead and play – let's talk. play the number one song in the country yeah. first before we get to Sunday – 
the number one song in the country brought to you by Gray's Restaurant in Bridgeport, Tyler Griffin's Pizza House, People State Bank, and Andrews Insurance Agency. And this is number one. Number one in the country, George Michael. Yeah, that's the record I bought with Gary before the Evansville Murray gig. Baby. All right. And um solid list. Yeah. So I've got the uh Gary was t- hyping that Carmi game that was gonna be on Friday. So since I had the Sunday paper from Vincennes, I do have a result on that. So our listeners will not be left Ooh. with a cliffhanger there. Okay. Uh Red Hill did go down to Carmine and lost by 12, uh, 77, 65. Stacy went for 20, Ambrose 16, Lance 15, Clifford 10, Hobbs 4, and Brandon did not score played, but did not score. Um, and Kirkendall did not play that night either. We it was kind of a game time decision. Well. Um Interesting, a lot, uh, a little bit NEC trivia for those that were follow that 90. Brian Fox went on to be, a, you know, a great player at Mount Carmel um, and was, you know, the co MVP with Brandon in the 90 Capital Classic. He did play his freshman year at, at Carmi. A lot of people, he went to Mount Carmel in junior high, all through really? grade school, junior high, went to, transferred to Carmi, who had a powerhouse freshman class for one year and was a starter on that team, scored 12 that night. And then would go back to Mount Carmel his sophomore year. But, yeah, tried it for one year. So, yeah, Red Hill lost that game. And I thought the interesting thing here, David Staver had his Sunday column, and he did in – he did nicknames, kind of like how Chris Berman does nicknames. He did his own nicknames for Lawrence County athletes. So it seemed like a perfect thing for us to share on this show. Yeah. So let me go through his Berman-esque nicknames – he mentions some of the Berman name, Berman names like Frank Tanana Dacry, uh, John Mayberry RFD. Just, but let's get down to the ones yeah, we really setting up are worried the, about. Setting up the crowd for what he's about to do. Right? And if you want to find this article, if you're lucky enough to be on newspapers.com, and he goes into the, if you're interested in the Knox County names, he's got those too. But let's get into Red Hill. Um, at Red Hill, we've got Ed going to the chapel. Okay. And um, shaky. Ed has a dynamic duo, which is Lance and Brandon Smith Brothers Cough Drops. <laughs> okay. Um, Stacy, more or less. Yeah, I'll give that one a D. <laughs> Mark, Nectar, and Ambrose. I don't even get oh, that. Boy, I, I didn't know if like Ambrosia. I don't want it goes really with, striking. It has, <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't say they were. I say he did it. I didn't. <laughs> they'd be fun to share, but they're they may not be great. Um, oh, here's a good one. Clifford, New York. So his nickname is New. <laughs> oh, boy, he thought a long time for that one. <laughs> um, the girls. Get their chance also. Okay. So as they should. The girls team here. If I can find those. Here we go. Uh Mandy Barry Manilow Cunningham. His famous hit Mandy. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. David, what are you these doing? These are not these are not Chris Berman caliber. No, no. These these aren't even David Staver caliber. <laughs> um 
you can't if you mention Mandy, I give Mary Martha. Mary Mar- as well. Wait, where is he gonna go with this? Mary eat, Martha. Eat, drink, and be Mary Martha. I like that. That one's not bad. That yeah. one's not bad. Yeah. Uh, and then you must go to the uh other person with the Cunningham last name on the team. Um Har Monica <laughs> Cunningham. <laughs> oh, so Har, Har is her name. Monica got it. And you can't leave out the JV team. No. I heard some of these names listed in your guys' girls' basketball reports. Yeah. Cherry Davis Cup for you golf or tennis fans out there. <laughs> My the God, Cherry. these are terrible. <laughs> the Cherry Davis Cup. Um, and then a, a family that loves our Facebook page and our show. And does she usually likes our posts and things like that. So she'll appreciate this. Tiffany Tire Tool. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and that that's, is the that those are your I could go through some Lawrence Williams if you want. No, that's God. the extent. Was he the, proud? He had to, well he put it in the paper. He had to be yeah, happy I mean, with how it turned out. 35 years later, people are still reading it. So. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> now All he right. says if you have any additions or corrections to this exercise in Burmanese, please call the sp- Vincent Sun Commercial Sports Department. I bet that phone was lighting up. (laughs) And congratulations to Tim Brown on winning the Heisman Trophy. Yes. All right. Anything else, Gary? I think that's all. There is a second street in Bridgeport. So okay. Well, they don't go too high. Is my guess was my (laughs) point. (laughs) And it probably is it close to First Street? Right next to it. Oh, okay. So that little area. Oh, yeah. if you kept going on Second Street, like if it was, it would go right between the Little League field and the minor league. Yeah, field. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I that's gotcha. the road I said you'd have to turn on if you to go left. Yeah. And I guess then we're pretty much if you're going that direction, then we're pretty much out of roads. Yeah, so there's no more. Th- yeah. So yeah. that's interesting. They started numbering the routes. Them, started numbering them going south. That was <laughs> yes. A great idea. Well, they thought that's the way their city was going to grow, and it just yeah, it was going to grow that direction, which. Uh, well, I guarantee you, whoever named it did not plan on somebody digging a ditch across First Street. That's, I mean, I was following the story, but it's still, I'm still confused by it. I, <laughs> digging a ditch across the street, I don't know. Well, <laughs> I, I think, listen, I'm blaming Ferguson, and I think that like I, this was a way to, to he didn't want people driving through there. Is what it is. So I know at least one of you McLean kids is listening to this. So give us some more information if you yeah, remember this. Do you remember this big <laughs> controversy? All right. That's going to do it um, for this episode. Right about our hour school. and a half sweet spot that we like. Yeah. Oh, uh, that was fun. I, I tell you. There, uh, listen, I didn't see the Burl Hughes thing coming. Um, and I hope that if Burl That's Hughes. That's I like about these pipes. We have a topic, but you just never know which direction it's going to go. That's what makes it fun. If we just sit there and just read the daily record, it wouldn't be here as fun. But, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I want to talk about real quick as we wrap up here that Jeopardy game. I cannot believe. I even knew Mike Ash played Curly in Oklahoma. Yeah, you and, had that one. And I, I thought you had that one wrapped and up. And I still. I. I just got, I think I got cocky. I knew I had the win, and I can't believe I messed it up because right when I saw, I started doing the math, I'm like, wait a minute, Mike Ash wouldn't have been in high. 
I just messed up the year. And the you know how spring. every Jeopardy clue has a clue within the clue. Like yes. I said, athlete and athlete I know. and musician. I just, you think of musician, you think of the Ash family. That was kind of the clue there. I, I absolutely just bricked. I'm sorry to Carrie Hill and Jerry Bond and Gail Paddock. They put they put all their money on you. Neil Heath, Kevin Tucker, Bobby Bowser, all of the class of '87. Lisa Hosswinkle, Brent Watson, that Missy Doug, Ferguson, Doug Bosley, Rhonda Brinkman, <laughs> the class of '87 that had put all their faith and money behind me, and I goofed it up. Jamie Gray, Wayne Perry, I let Wayne down. Chris Wayne Sager. loves the show. My mom saw Wayne Perry in Walmart, and Wayne told my mom that he loves the podcast. So thank you, Wayne. Yes, uh, yeah. for for saying that. Well, means a lot. I'm sorry, '87. I may, next year when Chip does a Jeopardy board, I'll try again for you. But all right, on behalf of Gray's Restaurant, Tyler Griffiths Pizza House, People State Bank, and Andrews Insurance Agency, David King, who couldn't be here tonight. Mr. Chip Jamerson. That was a lot of fun. Gary Emmons, old number nine. It was great to be back at Red Hills Gym last week. I love it. And if there's one thing that we will always be, it is we are Red Hill. Let's go white. Stay tuned for something special right now. Let's take a couple of minutes to listen to quick bits of 1987's number one songs. We've already heard all but one of them. Know which one? If you can identify it, then you know what the number one song of the year is going to be. Listen, they're in chronological order. It's time I fall in love. things will never change. That's just the way it is. Fuck like an Egyptian. You know you did. would say at this moment
presents our special medley of all the year's number one songs. We've now heard all of them in our 1987 Top 100 Countdown, except for one.